Taylor Ball here. A little while ago, I was listening to one of the Girl Boss podcasts. I highly recommend you listen to an episode or two. And on this podcast, the woman being interviewed said that she plans to live to 120 years old. Hearing this, I laughed, thinking it was a joke. <laughs> you know, good one. But then she elaborated. New research suggests young people will be able to live to 100, while the healthiest among them will reach the age of 120. My mind was blown. So knowing me, it's not hard to figure out what I did next. I pulled out my laptop and started to do some research. What I found left me in awe. So here's Taylor's take on living past 100. Let's get this ball rolling. I decided I will be a super centenarian one day. I've officially added it to my bucket list. It may be the last thing I ever do. <laughs> now, what is a super centenarian? Quite simply, it's a person significantly older than 100. They're usually more than 110 years old. A supercentenarian is an extreme version of a centenarian, which is someone with a three-digit birthday. So I've decided I will be a supercentenarian one day. Now, Taylor, you're completely unrealistic, you might say. But new research suggests that living up to 100, up to and past 100, may soon be the norm. Recently, at a conference discussing longevity in Geneva, Switzerland, scientists have stated that we may be able to slow down the biological aging process. Currently, many scientists in this field believe that aging is the result of epigenetic changes, which in essence are changes in our genes that make our genes more or less active. Things like smoking, pollution, and other environmental and lifestyle factors can increase or decrease the activity of certain genes. David Sinclair, a Harvard University geneticist and anti-aging researcher, said that epigenetic reprogramming is the ultimate way to reverse aging. He says that the primary driver of aging is changes in our genetic makeup. For many scientists and researchers in, the field, in this field, the goal is to increase what they call the health span rather than the lifespan. Essentially, they want to increase the amount of time people are healthy and happy rather than simply adding years onto the end of one's life. Because very few people would want to live a long and unhealthy life. So, what does epigenetic reprogramming entail? Well, at this point, it's relatively new and centers around lifestyle changes. But in the future, scientists hope to be able to reprogram cells to be young again. Crazy. When you Google how to live to 100, a lot of results pop up, but the majority of them have the same basic principles. A clean environment, fresh food, physical activity, and utilizing medical advancements can help extend one's lifespan, or should I say health span. Certain activities can give you some extra time. Having a hobby can add two years to your life. Getting enough sleep adds at least another two. Working out five days a week can give you another four more years. But really, at what cost? <laughs> Just kidding. And eating lots of fruits and vegetables can add up to five more years, while cutting down stress can give you an extra six. 
Now, there was an interesting study done about this. In 1979, 2,500 men were asked to follow five simple rules. Rule number one, eat well. Rule number two, work out. Rule number three, drink less. Rule number four, keep one's weight down. And rule number five, never smoke. Forty years later, the researchers who conducted this experiment met with these same men, and only 25, that's 25 out of 2,500 men, 25 of them succeeded in following these guidelines. However, these men who did succeed were all fitter, healthier, and happier than those who gave up or quit the guidelines. Now, I know a lot of these things are easier said than done. It's easier to think that you'll eat well, exercise, and avoid drinking, but I know it can be hard. Even little changes and habits can make a huge difference. For example, flossing can add an extra 6.4 years to your life. See, your dentist isn't trying to nag you, but instead just really wants to help. Now, the reason why flossing adds so many extra years is because it removes harmful bacteria, which can cause inflammation. By reducing this inflammation, you can significantly reduce the risk of heart disease and getting a stroke. So, if you're going to do anything, you may as well floss. After my research, I was curious to see who some of the oldest people on the planet were. So, I googled. I found a very long list, specifically Wikipedia's list of the oldest verified people. I found it on Wikipedia, so it's not super official, but still very interesting. There were 108 people on the list. At first, nothing really stood up. The youngest on the list was 114, and the oldest was 120. But then I noticed something a tad peculiar. Almost every person on the list was female. Only six out of the 108 people the oldest people alive, were male. That's weird, I thought. So again, more research. Apparently, among people over the age of 100, 85% of them are women. It isn't entirely clear why women seem to outlive men. But one interesting article by Time magazine said it could be due to the differences in iron levels. Because of women's menstrual cycles, they are often relatively iron deficient compared to men. In this article, it says that iron plays an important role in reactions in our cells that produce damaging free radicals. These free radicals can alter our DNA and cause aging in our cells. So, men who have more iron than women often experience cardiovascular problems 10 years earlier than women do. It is also believed that this lack of iron is one of the reasons why vegetarians and vegans typically outlive their meat-eating counterparts. Go vegans! Woohoo! <laughs> Interesting, huh? So the cool thing about learning all of this is, for the most part, barring injury, illness, and a poor genetic lottery, living past 100 in this modern day is somewhat feasible. According to an article published in The Guardian, People born after the year 2000 are expected to live to 100, according to current predictions. And it is predicted that by 2050, 2050, 
There will be more than 800,000 people alive over the age of 100. If you're curious about your own life expectancy, you should visit the website wwwliving that's 100.com. It allows you to calculate your life expectancy and it gives you tips on things you could change to improve your longevity. Now, the elderly population is booming and will continue to boom. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, those over the age of 80 now make up the world's fastest growing age group. The current life expectancy in Canada is around 80 years old, or 81.96 if you're being real picky. If people live to 100, that's an extra 20 years of life. If they live to 120, that's an extra 40. This could present some new and difficult challenges. These centenarians and supercentenarians would put a larger strain on resources like food, water, and energy, not to mention medical care. It could also mean we may have more people in the workforce, many of whom are retiring later and later. This could impact the amount of jobs available to young people. Prolonging life to such a degree also brings into question moral and ethical decisions. Now, we are relatively unprepared for how we would handle this. It's definitely uncharted territory. In the 20th century, the average lifespan has increased by 30 years, and this was the largest increase ever in all of human history. So, definitely uncharted territory. But when surveyed, most people state that their ideal lifespan is 90 years old, which is only a few extra years. Me? I want to live to 120. I want to do as much as I can in my life, and I would love those extra 40 years. Who knows? You could even do a full other profession. To all of you listening, I formally invite you to my 120th birthday. I know it's a tad early, but it's always good to save the date. May 10th, year 2118. I'll send you the e-bite. So that's Taylor's take. What do you think? Would you want to live to 120? Could you make the lifestyle changes required to do it? And what do you think about the moral and societal implications of it all? I want to hear your thoughts, but for now, I got a bounce.